Hey, everybody. Welcome to Making Sense with Dustin LaMontagne from Research Capital. I'm Bryn Griffiths. He's Dustin. How you doing today? I'm uh, doing excellent. Bryn, how's yourself? Fine, thank you. Today's topic, wasting time and money 101. I can hardly wait for this one. Where do you want to jump in? Well, I think just, uh, you know, talking today, um, the, the, uh, we're recording today. It's just a little while after the, uh, the election, um, the biggest farce, I think in Canadian history that this, this election was called and, um, out with the old parliament and in with the old is what it amounted to virtually zero changes pre and post election. So, uh, as far as I can tell, it's $600 million that was just wasted, um, you know, for, for, uh, to try and satisfy somebody's ego and, you know, absolute waste of time and money. So, um, that, that's what I'm calling this episode. Why I'm I'm turning, I think Trudeau could, uh, write a university course on wasting time and money. That's why I named it one one It's a long list of politicians who've gone down this road. That's for sure. And nobody seems to ever learn a lesson from it. However, I guess if you want to consider it the democratic way we do business, uh, it, we've seen a lot of elections come and go. We've seen some that have been wasted. We've seen some that have been worthwhile, but Hey, this is where we live right now, right? Oh, exactly. I mean, I, I just look at the money in a, in a pandemic and I'm thinking that, uh, that 600 million could have went to, um, you know, some more worthwhile causes, uh, for instance, they're always talking about, you know, the, the housing problem and homelessness, 600 million uh, at 60,000 a door could have built 10,000 uh, low income housing units. So when you start looking, looking at money as worth something again, you know, millions uh, don't seem to, to matter anymore because the government is spending in the billions. Right. So, yeah. Uh, obviously with a new, uh, new mandate, uh, basically, which was the old mandate, the liberals and the, the NDP are going to uh, hook up for some uh, dramatic increases in spending, I think. Um, so I, I'm a little disappointed in uh, the election turnout, although it wasn't unexpected. I didn't expect the conservatives to uh, have a, a big breakthrough, um, especially in a pandemic where I think people are very hesitant to make a change. Uh, but our, our economy does not need more spending in debt. Uh, I, I think when I look at the election promises, the Liberals were promising about $80 billion and the NDP was about $200 billion. So I'm estimating to get for the Liberals to get their, their initiatives across, they're going to have to give in to the NDP. Probably they'll meet somewhere in the middle, and I'm expecting uh, $130 to $150 billion in new spending in the next uh probably uh, two to three years. So it's just going to be more high deficits, slow growth, low productivity, and uh, that's going to lead to, uh, you know, higher, higher inflation, higher taxes. Uh, you name it, it's probably higher. We know carbon taxes are going up. They've, they've outright said that, uh, but probably you're looking at higher personal and corporate tax. I don't know if they'll, they had, they had talked about uh, increasing uh, taxes on the banks and insurance companies. You know, they call it a, a Canada recovery tax, um, some sort of a surtax sur- on the banks. I think that was a lot of rhetoric. I don't know if the they'll actually implement the tax at the end of the day. Uh, I think the bankers are just as cozy with the with the uh, liberals as they are with the conservatives. So from that perspective, what? I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I could see GST uh, going up. So 
Um, I'm, I'm not real enthusiastic about our economy right now in this country and, and the growth. Um, and, and, and I think you can only use the pandemic, uh, you know, for so long, uh, before this, this high spending, uh, government policy, big, big government does not usually translate into good economic growth. It's usually slow, stagnant growth because <clears throat> governments are not as efficient as businesses at, uh, deploying capital. Um, so I, I think we're just going to see more of the same, uh, it's been a low growth six years with this current government. And I think we're going to see more of the same. So, so when I come to you and I want to do some investing, are you a little leery right now about Canada? Would you look maybe at foreign stuff? How would you approach what we've just seen with the federal election in terms of helping somebody like myself invest? Well, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, always looking outside of Canada for good opportunities, uh, particularly in the U.S. I think that, you know, North America-wide, there's going to be spending on infrastructure, continued spending on green initiatives, green technology. Uh, You're going to see uh, rebates for electric cars. Uh, Don't get me started on that because the only people that can afford them right now are rich people. So we're all helping uh, these wealthy people buy electric cars. Uh, on the at the subsidy level but uh, that's that's one of the policies that I, i'm sure is going to be enhanced uh, I, i'm going to keep looking at those traditional sectors which i think uh, are have moats around them you know telecom banking uh, pipelines railroads a uh, l- little bit in uh, you know insurance companies uh, i i I've said it time and time again, I like companies that pay dividends and I like companies that are in uh, oligopolies. So I think they, they uh, really have the pricing um, power through, through thick and thin uh, to, to ride out economic cycles and government policy, although it can hurt in the short term, really in, in the longer term, doesn't have a big impact on, on oligopolistic uh, sectors. So, for instance, you might see uh, you might see the liberals come in and put a, a short-term tax on the banks, but ultimately, that's going to be a little blip in the in the road uh, on banking profits over the next five, 10, 15 years. So, all the time that we've been doing this, you have I I think it's fair for me to say I see the building blocks that that you go to continually that you feel comfortable and confident in, and even with the way things have gone with this federal election, I still see you going back to those billing blocks, which is very reassuring to me. Is is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that's a very fair assessment because, um, you know, when you invest in good quality sectors and good quality companies, you will make money over time. And the surest uh, sign that a a company, uh, you know, is is good quality is if it's been paying uh, a nice fat, juicy dividend for the last 40 or 50 years. Um, if a company is paying dividends, it means it's profitable and I want to be part of that. And and my, my, uh, my clients have really benefited over time from being invested in those types of sectors. Any risk all of a sudden that you're starting to notice based on what we've seen here through this election, or is it just going to take a little while for, for the dust to settle, so to speak? Well, anytime you, you rack up government spending, um, I, I don't, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, old enough to remember the uh, the late 70s, early 80s, where interest rates crept up and you had runaway inflation. 
but uh, inflation is creeping up and that'll be a topic of a further podcast, um, a future podcast. But uh, I don't know about you, but when, when I go to the store and, and when I go to pay my utilities, uh, everything is going up. And we're going to start to see uh, not only commodity-based inflation, but you're seeing wage-based inflation. Um, you're seeing shipping inflation. So h- how you tame inflation is you try and control it with interest rates. And of course, if inflation starts to run away and you have central banks start to increase rates and you combine that with uh, exorbitant national debts and deficits, uh, you're going to have huge increase in carrying costs, which means that either they have to print more money to uh, facilitate the debt costs and hope that interest rates go back down or they have to cut. So you're talking healthcare, you're talking education, you're talking infrastructure programs. Uh, the spending is not, uh, you know, an artesian well um, that just keeps flowing. And at some point, the bills have to be paid, right? Yeah. Um, you, you know, as a homeowner, you can't rack up your visa card to $2 million and just forget about it. Uh, it, it that's essentially what the government's doing right now is they're racking up a credit card for, for our kids and their kids' kids. So uh, eventually the the bills will have to be paid and it, it, it's going to be probably, you know, 10, 15 years of slow growth, uh, high debt and high taxes uh, because somebody will have to pay that um, pay that bill. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you're right. Let's talk about inflation on an upcoming podcast here. We're tight on time here, but how do people get a hold of you for your assessment of what we've just gone through and, and where we might be going? Uh, give me a call. My cell phone, 780-905-7729 or, uh, uh email is dlamontang at researchcapital.com. And the website is researchcapital.com. It's, uh, Pretty simple. Just give Dustin a call. He'd love to hear from you. That's it for today. We'll obviously have more helpful hints coming your way in the next episode. Just a reminder, the markets and financial numbers change frequently. So what we say today could easily change by later today or overnight. Everybody pretty much knows that. Dustin, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Brian. All right. Thanks for listening to Making Sense. Have yourself a great day. 